hate myself. I can't stand myself. I just don't like myself. Have you ever said that to yourself? I certainly have. And it cannot be a very nice place, let's be honest. And in line with mental health awareness month that's just gone and men's mental health month that's coming up, I wanted to focus on self-hate a little bit and how we can potentially change it. But it's important to note what I'm aiming this talk today is people who think, oh, I really don't like myself. I'm really struggling to like me. And oh, I feel such a bit, you know, not a victim to life and maybe, but a little bit, oh, life's a little bit on top. Now, if you're seriously in a bad place of self-hate, in really severe cases, you need to get professional help. Or you, if you know someone who's got that level of self-hate, try and help them as much as possible and get them professional help. But I want to stop it getting worse for that for people. And I've known people and they really, really don't like themselves. They've really got this low self-esteem and they really don't see the good in themselves. And that's what destroys me because I've been in that position. Yet there was good in me and I got to a point where I realised I've had enough of this. I'm going to be me for the rest of my life and I spend a lot of time with me. So why not do everything I possibly can to grow and love that person? And that's the changing point for me when I ask myself that question. And it's such an empowering question because, like I've talked about previously, questions really shape the quality of our life. So if we ask ourselves those kind of questions, we're going to get better answers. Asking ourselves stuff like, why am I so useless? Why did I mess that up? You're going to get a negative answer. Ask yourself questions like, what's great about me? How can I improve myself? What can I look forward to? It's going to get better answers. And I wasn't even planning on saying that today, but I just thought I'd add that in. Good one, brain. So a little bit on my story. So Growing up as a teenager and then through my 20s, I was very much a bit of a daydreamer. I did, I did stuff. I got my grades. I made friends. Um, I got a degree. I played football. I did all these things. But I was always constantly thinking about myself like a hundred steps in the future, basically, or whatever. That's just a num random number four off the top of my head. Thinking of myself further in the future and thinking, oh, wouldn't that be great if I had that life, if I was that great? But I, but then I was telling my brain, I won't be good until then. And when something bad happened or I didn't get the result I wanted or progress wasn't being made, there was a constant attack to myself of you're useless, you're hopeless. And I realise now I am not alone in that. But why do we do that? It comes from negative beliefs and negative beliefs are made from negative or experiences in our lives. So you don't even have had to have a really traumatic early childhood. You don't have to have a constantly bad life. There can just be one thing, one thing. Oh, I can click. Yeah, I knew I could click, but I just surprised me how loudly I can click sometimes. Anyway, we could just have an experience that changes what we're thinking a certain thought comes into our head and we believe that about ourselves. And that's why we don't like ourselves. So if, for example, you're a kid and then a kid says something mean to you, like, 
Uh, your, I don't know, your hair looks messy. Okay, probably a bit more dramatic than that. But <laughs> we pick up stuff in early childhood that really make us carry these beliefs. But then throughout life, there are things that might happen to us and give us negative beliefs. So I'll give an example from me. When I was early years, I had a brother who died and my belief was, oh, why, why is everyone so upset? Have I done something wrong? And I didn't realise that till later years. And actually working working through myself and the self-awareness last year or so, it's only when I started to realise um, how I need to increase my self-esteem in that it's not my fault and I don't need to please people all the time. I'm here to give value to people, but I don't need to please people all the time. And that the belief was always, I'm not good enough. I need to please people. But I've got another example of of people. Well, I can think of people who've told me that they've been cheated on. And or you hear about people who've been cheated on. And when someone's told me that, you know, it's, it's really good. They've been open. But they've got this real lack of confidence in going out and dating. And then they've got this real lack of self-belief in themselves they don't they're not happy with them because they think because someone else who was insecure and people who are secure by the way do not cheat on other people there's people who cheat there's something internally wrong with them that they need to sort out anyway the person who's been cheated on think there's something wrong with them that's actually the other person who's done who's done the wrong when i was talking to when i've talked to people who've been cheated on but it creates this belief and they start not to like themselves because of something someone else has done so that's how it's also formed also and i can't emphasize this enough our brain is naturally a default thing it is looking out for dangers constantly in order to, to survive and that's the dominant part of it but you can train it to look for the positives now when it's looking for the negatives it wants to keep us in our comfort zone so we stay safe and therefore when we start going for things we want and i found this so much much when i started to write when i started to coach when i started to speak it gets worse and it gets tougher and tougher against you the more you push but then eventually you build up this resilience this positivity to keep keep going because it wants you to stay in your comfort zone and it starts saying oh you're not going to do that you're not good enough for that but if you let those emotions take over you you're never really going to achieve what you really want so you have to create keep developing habits and actions that allow you to think positive and go for what you want what i want to really really emphasize if you have the power to change your negative beliefs. You have the power to overcome this self-hatred and make it into loving yourself more, caring for yourself, for believing yourself. When you start thinking, oh, I'm a victim of life, or if you know someone who's, who's like that, that's when it becomes an issue. When you think you've got no control, you, there's certain things we don't have control over, like what other people do, what goes on in the news, the coronavirus recently. We don't have control over that. But what we do have control over is our beliefs, our actions and our habits. So it's really important to remember you have control over so much about how you feel about you. It just takes time and effort. The other thing I want to emphasise is think about a small child. Think if you've got kids, you may not have kids, but think about when you've looked after a kid or think about yourself being a kid. 
if you started saying you're rubbish, you're hopeless, you're useless to, I don't know, a three or four year old, they would probably burst into tears and be upset and then have no confidence, no self-esteem, no belief in themselves at all. You probably agree with me. I hope so anyway. And that's what you're doing when you're talking to yourself, because there's always this inner child that's developed from early years within us, in our brains. So when you're attacking yourself, that's like attack, like verbally attacking a young child because you're telling them they're not good enough. So therefore, they're probably not going to feel very confident or good about themselves. So it's always worth reminding yourself of that. And if you've got kids, I don't have any kids, but if you do have kids, think about how you you might speak to your kids. You wouldn't start telling them they're useless. Or if you know young kids, think about it. You wouldn't start saying those things to them. My first tip then to reduce self-hate and improve self-love is write yourself a love letter and try and do this quite regularly as much as you can it doesn't even have to be a massively long letter you might want to write it long at first and then just make it short write yourself a long a love letter did i say love letter yeah make you make yourself a love letter now a love letter is saying all the things you like about you and what it's doing is writing down those things and it may sound silly but i don't care i do it it works a treat is it's consciously picking out those bits in your brain that you like about yourself and showing yourself that there is so much good in you. And when you do it over and over again, it's like training your brain that actually there's quite a lot of good about me. And it may be hard at first, but if you keep doing it, you'll be able to consciously pick out the good about you and be able to like yourself more and more. The next tip is talking to yourself in the mirror every morning and saying something positive. So for me, I go to the mirror and again, this isn't narcissistic. This is an exercise to make you feel good. And in fact, it's in fact to not do this would be selfish because you're going to feel down about yourself and not work on yourself. Then you're going to drag others down with you. But by bringing yourself up, you're going to bring others up with you. So going to the mirror and saying, I love you. I love you. Or I'm willing to love you. I'm willing to love you. I'm willing to love you. Is going to help you really start to like yourself even more and more because your brain will start to be trained and understand that more when you make sure you go to the mirror and look yourself in the eyes and keep saying it i try and do it around a hundred times or i think that's about three minutes every morning and every evening just telling yourself you love you and then the next point is either <laughs> sort of three things here but i'd recommend the first one in particular it's the third, sorry, it's the third tip, but they're sort of three into one. So it's journaling, counselling or coaching. Now, these things are going to increase your self-awareness and I'd recommend journaling definitely as a starting point. But when you can pick up what the exact root cause is of you not liking yourself, you're going to become more self-aware and therefore able to take more action. So that's my next tip. And then the coaching and counselling is just talking it through with someone. So the counsellor will be able to dive deep into why you feel about you feel the way you do um i've been there and it's really really helped me in the past or coaching you're able to identify what your limiting beliefs are about yourself and what you can do going forward so that's another tip really increase that self-awareness through journaling through counseling through coaching so i just want you to think about what you would say to a young child if they were really unhappy and miserable what would you say to them if they didn't like themselves, how would you lift them up? 
what are all the good things you would say to that child? So think about that and then think about how you can relate that back to you. Now, the essential thing about not hating yourself so much and starting to like yourself is that you self-care. Now, self-care is can mean a few things, but really this is about looking after your body, giving yourself breaks and really caring. And I'm working on the, the kind of giving myself breaks, but I genuinely love what I do most of the time. So um, I'm always busy, 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 but I do need a bit more downtime, admittedly. But self-care is all about looking after yourself. And when you do that, that is an act of self-love. So going back to like children, you'd look after them because you care for them. So you need to do that for yourself. So the first tip for that is scheduling your downtime, scheduling some time where you can just have a break, whether that's watching Netflix or playing the PlayStation. It might be a PlayStation, it might be an Xbox fan. Just doing that, giving yourself that time out in order to have some downtime and relax and a bit of rest because <laughs> I remember as a kid, you do a bit of homework, do a bit of PlayStation, but you're doing a bit of work, you're doing PlayStation. So, so I'm just talking about PlayStation because I was a massive PlayStation gamer when I was a kid. Not so much now, but I wish I could, you know. Well, actually saying that, I'm going to make sure I get more PlayStation in my day. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, everyone. You've given me a target now. Um, well, I sort of gave myself a target, but by talking that out loud. So this is why I like making this content. Anyway, hopefully that gave you some points anyway. But scheduling time out for yourself really allows yourself a bit of self-love. There you go, a bit of self-care. And then the next one, and I can't emphasise this enough, is exercise. Exercising your body, getting it moving, is self-caring for yourself and therefore self-love. Because you're looking after it. Your body's there to look up. Your body's going to be with you for the rest of your life. So caring for it is a way of saying, I love you. And when you do exercise, it actually produces endorphins, a feel-good factor. So by giving your body more of what it needs to feel good, that's another act of self-love. And leading on from that is nutrition. <laughs> what you put into your body is how you're treating yourself. So if you're constantly giving yourself fast food or takeaways, which aren't Obviously, you can have that now and then, but if you're constantly doing that, drinking too much or just not drinking enough water, you're not looking after your body and therefore it won't feel good. And you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to treat you well. So allow treats. But if you start improving your nutrition as well as exercise, that is an act of self-love and therefore going to help you reduce self-hate. And this is the final one. And it's something I love doing. It makes me feel so good no matter what mood I wake up in. And I'm usually in a good mood most of the time, but now and then I'm not feeling so good because I'm human after all. But it is to grow in the morning or grow throughout your day, however, by reading or learning something or listening to a podcast. Because when we're learning and picking up something, we're growing ourselves and we're telling ourselves we're worth it, we're worth growing. So just making yourself, well, making time for 15 minutes a day to listen to a podcast while you're doing something and we've always got time for the most important things but by making time to grow is another act of self-care because it's helping you grow and telling yourself that you're worth it as well so to wrap up today self-hate really comes from these false beliefs that we form from experiencing in our lives whether they've been traumatic 
or less traumatic. There are certain things in our early childhood, later on in our life, that can snap into our brain and make us think we're not good enough or we aren't as great as other people and makes us feel bad about ourselves. But also there's the element of your brain trying to look out for survival, therefore trying to keep you in your comfort zone and telling you you're not good enough to do something just on safety. It's not trying to make you happy. It's trying to make you safe. So those are the reasons. But by applying constant action, self-care, things that make you love yourself rather than hate yourself, you can build up that self-love. You've just got to keep working on it. So prioritise that self-love to reduce that self-hate. Thank you very much for watching and listening today and I'll be back soon with another one.